everybody. Welcome back. This is Jules Watts with 5 Degrees Off Normal. How have y'all been? Welcome to fall, I guess. We just finally hit it, which is kind of awesome. Well, I wouldn't say exactly hit. I would say more of it's 90 degrees, it's 90 degrees. Now we're in the mid-50s, 45 degrees with a low in 35 degree-ish type of weather. So it's more like not like a gradual progression, but more like a sock in the face. Hey, it's fall. We only got a little bit of this and then we're going to be freezing our asses off. I don't know if you can tell, but I really, really don't like cold weather. If you do, then I hope you like the cold weather and I hope it's great for you and I hope you feel wonderful. Me, I am looking forward to about six months, depending on how long this lasts, of pain, sluggishness, and increasingly crushing depression, which is kind of why I decided to record tonight. It's like, oh, great, yay, depression. Yeah, uh, but this one's a little bit, I don't know. I felt like it would be appropriate to kind of talk about what it's like when your personal depression, seasonal depression, and pre depression pushed on by incredible amounts of pain decide to come together and kick your right, you know, in the solar plexus right when you're feeling your absolute lowest. And I'll be honest, it wasn't just, you know, those three kind of uh, things lining up perfectly, even though they did. But the thing is, I'm kind of doing that self-reflection. I just turned 40 back in August. Um, yeah, I feel old now. But here's the thing. I've decided it's like, you know what, I'm 40. Let's look at myself and look at everything I've done and everything I want to do. And oh my God, it is probably the most depressing thing I have done in a long time because I'm seeing everybody out there, uh, voice actors and lawyers and podcasters and all these amazing people doing these amazing things, which is awesome. And not to throw shade on you guys because I love your work and you're brilliant and you're cool and I love you very much and I get so much joy out of your stuff. But the thing is, it's like I can't do that. You know, you always want to be able to offer the world something, something amazing, to bring something into the world and leave it as a kind of legacy, be it music or art or hell affecting the world in some way, legislatively or hell, even just in your own community. And I look at what I can do and what I have done and, um, you know, it's not like I haven't done anything. You know, I've been there for my friends. I've tried to do a couple of nice things here and there. But when I look at it, compared to what so many other people have done in the same kind of thing, it's like no matter what I do, no matter what I have done, it pales in comparison, you know? You know, it's like, yay, I, I think I can help somebody out a little bit. And then someone else organizes something and they're able to, you know, lift that person out and, and get them uh, amazing things. Or they're able to write or create something when all I have is this dinky little podcast, you know? And there's something inherent about, especially in American culture, having some kind of speciality, having some kind of ability or talent or part of yourself that is special, that makes you unique. And everyone says, oh yeah, you know, everyone has a special thing that they can do, but there's also, there, there's always somebody out there better than you. The problem is because of who I am, what I do, what I love, my hobbies, my interests, there's always somebody out there better than me. And I get to see it up close and personal because a lot of the stuff that I do ties into my hobbies and my interests and my loves and stuff like that. Hell, I'll, I'll even bring up another thing. You know, I'm decent at wall climbing, but 
uh, because of illness and money and, you know, Zippy having a couple of medical issues that are almost done, thank God. Um, I haven't been able to go wall climbing. And I used wall climbing as a great way to at least keep in shape. I might not have been losing a heck of a lot of weight, but, you know, I was at least decently fit. Well, a couple of months off and medication changes and I gained a lot of weight. So I'm trying to diet and trying to do all these other things, little bits what I can. And Zippy makes a few little diet changes, none as drastic as mine. He just cut out drinking copious amount of regular monster energy drinks and switched to tea and sugar-free energy drinks. And he is now under 250 pounds. Actually, he's 240. He hasn't been 240 in over 10 years. He was before, I want to say like mid, mid summertime, he was about 270, 275 pounds. So, I mean, I'm proud of him. I love him for it. I think it's brilliant. And I step on the scale and well, let's just say it went up and I'm not happy about that. So I'll tell you, being around all that, it is some of the most demotivational, I think is a good word for it, a demotivational situation. And with everyone that I'm around and I'm looking around and everybody, it, it's, I have nothing in that special, wow, yeah, turn, turn to Jules, she knows what to do. There's always somebody that can do it better than I, that is wealthier than I, that is smarter than I, that is kinder than I, that everyone else can turn to. And that creepy little voice, we all know it. I mean, it says different things to everybody, but we all hear it. And last night... I just kept hearing it, and it was like this terrible little sing-song, kind of. They're better off without you, they're better off without you. And it just kept getting louder and louder, but metaphorically speaking, I guess. You know, it's not like I'm actually hearing a voice, but it. depression speaks to us all in different ways. Some people will have sometimes more physical things. But for me, it's my brain will latch on to some kind of melodic sing-song phrase. And I guess that happens because I was bullied and teased and hated a lot when I was in school, you know? I had no friends until I actually, you know, got to be maybe a sophomore in high school-ish. And I only really started making connections with people when I started going to college back in mid-90s. So that voice of, you know... They're better off without you. They're better off without you. Just keeps going. And I can't do anything about it. This voice I've had for as long as I can remember. It's always been a part of me, but it usually can just whisper. You know, it never really gets loud. It never really gets really intensive where it becomes this mantra in your head with your own heartbeat. And it gets to like it's screaming at me and sometimes like last night I woke up screaming and I didn't know if the screams were that stupid mantra that keeps going into my head or me actually screaming for a second and that was kind of terrifying and incredibly isolating and I know what a lot of people say about this is like well just get over it or go to a therapist or take meds and uh that doesn't really work especially for me because most therapists aren't really good with somebody that has mental disorders and brain damage where the brain damage doesn't really affect you motor skills i do have some motor skill issues but not horribly bad motor skill issues but it the brain damage affects 
affects kind of the, well, the, uh, the, the emotional stability part of me. Okay, here's an analogy. It's not great, but it'll work. Imagine that you need to drink milk, and unfortunately, your body doesn't produce enough of an enzyme that allows you to process milk properly. So if you don't have enough of that enzyme in your system, you get really sick. And you gotta be really careful about when you take that enzyme because if you end up taking it too much, it'll either stop working or your body will have a really bad reaction, so you kinda have to guess. Add into that, you also have an allergy to milk, but the severity of the allergy will either be super high or non-existent. And unfortunately, there's no pills for it, so you just have to suffer the consequences. So there you are. You don't know if what you're feeling is because your allergy decided to turn it up to 11 or you are too low on the enzyme. And is it worth risking the enzyme, dot, dot, dot. So treatment, therapy, or whatever you wanna call it is kind of a crapshoot because the doctor isn't sure if this is the allergy or if this is the intolerance slash lack of enzyme. So that's kind of where I am right now. I have no idea if my analogy helped or completely confused you, but ah, there you have it. Uh, Going back to kind of like the more mental, Uh, emotional aspect and handling of this. Now let me clarify, not that I'm talking about insanity, but I'm more describing the aspect of, I don't know if this is real, I should be feeling this because of whatever the hell happened or my brain is blowing it out of proportion and I'm overfeeling or my brain decided to shut off and I'm not feeling it as I should. So that's because of the brain damage because of the copper. But unfortunately, and thank you learning about the back part of my family, there is really, really severe depression and all these other wonderful, you know, mood, uh, mental disorders on both sides of my family. So I don't know which it's which. And most therapists can't really tell. So a lot of the techniques that they give you or ways to think about it, I can't access some of the times because it's not in my head. Therapy doesn't work. Uh, Antidepressants uh, cause me to balloon out like crazy, no matter how small my dose. And most of them, uh, well, I hallucinate and seizure on them. So yeah, bad idea. I recommend against seizuring on those kind of meds because not only that, but sometimes uh, you might be making yourself your favorite cup of tea, which for me uh, is chai tea and rubus tea mixed together with a shot of cream and it's delicious. But then all of a sudden you seize and you end up throwing it on the ceiling, which is a bitch to clean. I'm speaking from experience and my back still remembers that pain. So I guess that's kind of why I've been feeling dejected, you know? I want to be special. I want to be somebody. I want to be, I want to be memorable and not just out of being pitied, okay? I want to have something that I can grab and show everybody, show the goddamn world. It's like, yeah, that's mine and it's fucking brilliant. And everyone actually, well, at least the people that are important actually believe it's fucking brilliant. But that stupid mantra in my head, that that sing-song taunt, is kind of what keeps me from trying to keep up with certain things, like, hell, this podcast is one of them. I mean, holy shit, there are better podcasts out there than mine. And I am well aware of that fact. There's better content creators out there, there's better artists, there's better patrons of the arts. And I am so intimately, keenly aware of that fact. And simply put, it motherfucking hurts. And this headspace that I live in is really not conducive to trying new things or attempting the things I've already started. It's so... I mean, the headspace I'm in right now is so crippling 
that a lot of the things that I'm involved in that I know I enjoy, I simply don't want to do because I feel I have nothing of worth to contribute compared to everything else that's out there. It's like, why the hell would anyone want my content or want me to participate in anything when everyone else's content and creations and contributions are leagues above what I can do? And my awareness of that fact really makes me wonder why am I doing this in the first place? And why is everyone else inviting me to do stuff in the first place? Is it pity? Is it their belief that they're doing a good deed? Or are they seeing something that I can't see and am I too stupid to see what they see? So all of those, no matter what it is, kind of gets into my head and kind of eats away at any drive and motivation that I might be able to manifest. And to kind of bring out my inner nihilist as well, it's like, and I know this is all bullshit. This is life. None of us is getting out alive, so why does it matter? And yet, to this stupid carbon-based life form on a small blue marble orbiting an average star, it matters. And it matters to me so much that I worry one day it will inevitably destroy me. But it won't destroy me today. Not now. I've gotten through another dark night, and I'll continue to get through days, sometimes through my own strength, and sometimes through the kindness and love and support of my friends, who I am eternally grateful for. You know what? I think I should wrap it up before I delve into any other deep pits of despair or weird esoteric mental states, so I'm going to call it a night. I want you all to take care of yourselves, and I will hopefully talk to you all again real soon. If you'd ever like to reach out to me, I am on Facebook. Just do a search for Jules Watts, J-O-U-L-E-S. And I'm also on Twitter at Jules Podcaster. So to say goodnight, I think it would be appropriate for me to quote a small bit of the intro theme to my favorite anime in the whole world, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm always thankful for everyone's kindness. That's why I want to get stronger. I'm on my way.